All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, and boy, are we getting defensive today. Brett Yurmark, the Big 12 Commissioner, makes some interesting comments in Lubbock, Texas, at the Texas Tech pre-kickoff luncheon. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why Texas and OU fans are for once uniting on a subject. And the SEC and Big Ten are apparently threatening Brett Yurmark. Do not mess with our playoff hopes. I will say why. Not just for the Big 12. Not just for Texas Tech. But for the good of college football. He should throw every wrench in his toolbox in those big... In those playoff hopes for the Big Ten and the SEC. Plus, we're going to preview Texas Tech's defense, which we're all excited to do. We are so close to Texas Tech football. We are just a little over a week away. In one week, if you listen to this the day this comes out, by the way, in one week, we will have Utah versus Florida and Minnesota and Nebraska in a Big Ten conference game. Boy, we are close. We are kicking our way down the stretch. So here we go. We're going to talk some Texas Tech football. And at your mark. All right. So before I talk about why Texas and OU fans are finally united on something other than stabbing eight schools in the back. We just got to talk. Uh, we got to play Brett Yormark's clip. So here we go. And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. All right. So how do I say this? You just heard a quote from a commissioner speaking in a luncheon. At Texas Tech fans, who are going to be around for the foreseeable future in the Big 12, speaking to them about their game with one of their biggest rivals, who, by the way, will not be in the Big 12, will not be in this commissioner's conference. Why should he give them any respect? Why should he? That Texas has gotten... Every favorable thing they could have wanted for the last 25 plus years in the Big 12. Just ask Nebraska. Ask about the players that didn't have the academic standards at Nebraska back in 1996. Ask how those negotiations went. Ask why they get a home game on Thanksgiving weekend every single year and they get a pick an in-state opponent to do it with. And now they left. I am so worried about these comments from Brett Yormark. I actually am. I'm worried that Texas and OU may hear these and they want to leave the Big 12. Oh, wait. Wait. They're already doing that. Who cares? Who cares what they want? Seriously. I'm not saying I want the officials to be bought off for Texas Tech. I don't want that. But I will say... If, the t- if everybody in the dang world complains that the Texas Texas Tech game was ruined because of the officials and Texas Tech wins, I will not care one bit. And that goes to for every single game on Texas Tech schedules. I won't care. I am not asking TCU fans to come or whoever runs the TCU podcast 
to come on on their podcast and say, yeah, we really got lucky because of the refs last year against Tex Tech. They got screwed. I'm not asking that. I'm consistent on it. I'm not asking for Iowa State fans to say, yeah, Jonathan Garibay nailed that 62-yard field goal against us, but boy, those refs kept us in the game back in 2021. No, not asking for it. And by the way, I don't care if every single call goes against Texas and OU next year. You know what I've been doing? I've been looking down these uh, comments from Texas and OU fans. Oh, we've had the, we have the highest pass rush right in the Big 12 and we're only fifth in holding calls against us. All right, uh, I'm taking down my notes. Okay, hey, Joey McGuire needs to tell our O-linemen to hold more against them. Yeah, you know what? Oh, our receivers were open downfield. Oh, they they were open and uh, they 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 had physicality and they they couldn't catch the balls. How come Xavier Worthy didn't end up with Offensive Player of the Year? All right, so when you're one on one with a receiver, throw throw something dirty at him when the ref isn't looking. I don't care. Who cares? No, it's your last year. You knew what you were getting into. When Steve Sarkeesian at Big 12 Media Days, Texas's head coach, was tapping on that helmet saying, when you wear this logo, everybody's going to come after you. You have your target on your back. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You got the most prestigious offer in Texas college football. Yeah, you did. You got the flagship University of Texas. You should expect to have that on your back. So suck it up and play. Suck it up. You've got the calls for 25 years. Maybe you won't get them this year. Cry more. Is that the reason you haven't won the Big 12 in 14 years? In 13 years? Is it? Because that's not a good enough excuse. So I don't care really what any Texas and OU fans say about this. And by the way, these two schools hold in hand is such a joke. Such a joke. As somebody, by the way, I grew up a Texas fan. And you see these guys, that was the biggest game of the year. And you see them holding hands, uh, being lovey-dovey with each other. Oh, we're not going to get the calls this year. Poor, woe is me. Oh, well, you got every single advantage for the last 15, 25 years. So grow up. That's how it goes. Think you're going to get that advantage in calls against Alabama? No. You didn't in Austin. You're not going to in Tuscaloosa next year. Suck it up. This is how the game's played. You played this game when you were on the when you had the winning hand for the last 25 years. Now you got to man up now that you don't have the winning hand. Who cares? Nobody's going to say, woe is me for Texas. Everybody wants you to lose. If your coach wants to go tap that helmet in Big 12 Media Day, say, oh, we we always have a target on our back. And then you cry the first sign of adversity before, you've even, before you have even gotten one call against you? Come on. What happened to Hunter Deckers last year? That was a targeting. You still think the refs were against you? They could have screwed you out of a game there. And they wouldn't have been screwing you out of a game. It would have been the right call. So stop with the conspiracies of your Texas fan. It's just a joke. And another thing with this. I see Texas and OU fans holding hands. Here's OU schedule. We're going to go through this again. So I'm going to give them a pass on their non-con because they play Arkansas State and SMU at home then go to Tulsa. 
they try to schedule Georgia. So I'm not going to give them any crap on their non-con. But th- is this a conference trying to screw you that gives you this schedule? At Cincinnati, newcomer. Iowa State at home without Hunter Deckers, without Jaheel Brock. That was known before the schedule was made. You play your Cotton Bowl game against Texas. You play UCF at home. Why? Which, by the way, if that was at UCF, you'd have Dylan Gabriel going back to the bounce house. That would be a good game. You play at Kansas. Oh, boo-hoo. You play at Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's your turn to go on the road. They came to Norman last year. You play West Virginia at home. Late in the season, by the way. Late in the season against West Virginia, when you know there's a good chance that Neil Brown gets canned. Play West Virginia at home. You go to BYU late in the season, then you get TCU at home. So they dodged Kansas State and Texas Tech. They also, two of the top five teams, There are they are one of the top five teams. They dodged two of the other four competitors for the Big 12 slot. The fifth best competitor is Baylor. They don't play them. The sixth one, I'd say, is UCF, who I'd put seventh in the conference standings, but you're taking OU out of this is UCF. You have a quarterback who could have been sent to go back to Orlando to where he used to play. And you get him at home instead. I'm sorry. OU and Texas fans holding hands on this is pathetic. Pathetic. And another thing with Brett, your remark here. The Big Ten and SECF apparently warned Brett Neuermark of some stuff. Quote, one source cautioned to the Post that the other conference risks, conferences risk implosion along the lines of the Pac-12, which greatly overvalued itself in network nego- rights negotiations. They got that right. If they stand too obstinately in the way of what the Big Ten and SEC wants. Now, this is, of course, coming because... The Pac-12 imploded, and the original deal was for six conference champions to get in, the highest six rated, and six at-larges get in. Seems fair. Seems fair. You give every power conference a berth, plus one G5. Well, now, the Big Ten and SEC want to renege on that. And now, I'm not saying that six conference champions should get in. I think it should be five and seven at-larges. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Give every power conference a berth. Make the conference title mean something. Make it decide who gets a first round bye. And give a group of five a chance. Maybe two if if one P5 conference champion isn't that good. Maybe they get two automatic berths. But the SEC and Big Ten want to cut that out and go to the 12 best teams. Okay. So I remember watching right after the college football playoff got implemented when both Baylor and TCU got screwed. But I remember one thing more specifically. Watching that game, watching a game with Boise State, and they were talking about they can go undefeated. Not that they were guaranteed a spot, but that they had a spot available for them. How has that worked? How has that worked for Power Five, for non-Power Five conferences? How has it? Well, I can tell you in 2016, Western Michigan went undefeated. They were ranked 15th, 
15 in the country after going 12 and 0. They didn't even get a crack at the playoff. They got a crack at the Cotton Bowl game, which is fine, but it wasn't a playoff game. And they only lost to one possess- by one possession to number eight, Wisconsin. Seems like maybe they deserved a chance. And by the way, that was a team that, that was a Wisconsin team that only lost by seven to the Big Ten champs back in 2016. Maybe it didn't work out for the group of five that year. Maybe it'll get better. Well, surely it got better the next year, right? I mean, in 2017, UCF went 11-0 in the regular season because a couple games got canceled because of a hurricane. But they went 11-0. They beat a ranked team in the American Conference Championship game. And what were they ranked? 12th. And by the way, they went to the Peach Bowl. And they beat an Auburn team that lost a close game to Clemson, lost a close game to LSU, lost a close game or a game to Georgia for sure. But they beat number one Georgia by 23 points and beat number one Alabama by 12. And guess what? That UCF team wasn't good enough. But surely the next year they were good enough. In 2018, surely after proving that, If they went undefeated, they'd be in. Well, no. Again, they went undefeated. We're ranked eighth outside the top four. I remember back in 2008 or 2009 when Cincinnati in the Big East was number three. TCU of the Mountain West was number four. And Boise State of the WAC was number five. But now this team in a conference that branded itself as a power six that at Memphis, SMU, Houston, Cincinnati, they had to play Memphis twice that tried to schedule North Carolina and it got canceled because of Hurricane Florence. They went undefeated the year after they beat the team that beat both the teams that played for the national title. They were left out of the playoffs. They didn't even get a sniff by the committee. And yes, they lost to LSU by one possession. And finally, Cincinnati broke through in 2021. But that was after they went undefeated in 2020 and got left out again. So I do not trust whatever format they're concocting. I do not trust whatever selection committee they put on board and whatever resources they pour into it, whatever they do, whatever standards they have, whatever metrics they use, I don't trust that. And Brett Yermark is right to fight this tooth and nail because you do not know how they're going to screw you, but they will find a way to because they did it to the G5. And if you don't think they'll find a way to the to do it to the Big 12, as soon as they get the chance, you're gullible. I'm sorry, you are. Because they did it to the G5. They will do it to the Big 12. They will do it to the ACC. They will do it to anyone they can until it is a two conference system and right now you have the playoff that gives you access and by the way they still need that NCAA or sorry NCAA March Madness money and guess what Arizona and Kansas are in the Big 12 so it's Baylor so it's Texas Tech so it's Kansas State so is Iowa State so is West Virginia big names in March Madness and this is the time to make your move and to stop this 
if you're Brett Yormark. But enough on the negativity because we got year two of Tim DeRuiter at the helm of Texas Tech's defense. And we have, uh, so I'm using our lads right now because our first depth chart has not come out. Wyoming's has. So that gives us something to preview for next week, which we will talk all about previewing a football game. Can you believe it? We It was that day in Gainesville when we lost that Monday afternoon if game that Texas Tech Sports ended. And we have finally made it. And we are using our lads for a depth chart. But next week, we will have a depth chart. We will be talking Texas Tech versus Wyoming. Here's what we got on our depth chart right now. So we're going to start with the defensive ends. On the left side, Miles Cole. I don't think anybody's complaining. He had a really good bowl game. Joseph Adaterade is backing him up here. And Joseph Adaterade is a guy that Brett, or sorry, Joey McGuire talked about, well, we may redshirt him. We may redshirt him. That would, I think that would be a bad move. I think he is too talented redshirt, and he said it himself. He said he's too tough to bring off of the defense. He's too tough to bring off the field and only use for four games. In the center at tackles, you have Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford, Amarion Banks and Quincy Ledette would be your guys coming in. And Quincy Ledette is a senior transfer. So if you don't know about this guy. He actually has two years of eligibility left, and he is former teammates with Miles Cole on the defensive line from Louisiana Monroe, the fake Louisiana. My my cousin was a trainer for Ooh La La, Louisiana Lafayette, the true Louisiana. But he was teammates with Miles Cole at Louisiana Monroe. He appeared in 31 games, started 18 over his three years there. Combined for 76 tackles, including 28 solo, including 6 for a loss and 4 sacks. He can certainly provide you depth in the interior defensive line spots. He's 6'2", 305. He's from Orange, Texas, so it is a Texas guy coming home. Not coming home too much because there's a good chance that Monroe's closer to Orange than it is to Lubbock. But he is a guy that not only could provide depth for you this year, but can start for you next year when Hutchings and Bradford transfer out. So his minutes are going to be interesting to watch for everyone. After that, you have Steve Linton, obviously a guy who right now is going top 100 in the NFL draft on most people's boards, despite barely making any starts at... Syracuse but in a new system people believe with his frame he'll be able to thrive there and I believe that too when you look at Steve Linton he's a guy that certainly has the potential to thrive at Texas Tech he did not get the opportunities at Syracuse but in his limited time he did look good there He's 6'5", 215 last listed by 247 Sports. He's stronger than that right now. He's a guy that has a perfect frame for Texas Tech to develop. And when you hear about Syracuse, they were talking about, yeah, they didn't have like a strength program. He looked like he was starving. Imagine him with a full summer in Texas Tech strength program. This guy is going to be a difference maker for Texas Tech. And I will say, I wrote an uh, article for Heartland College Sports. I think I was wrong. 
the more I hear about, the more I think about, I put Dre McRae as a difference maker. I think, and I, I mentioned Steve Linton that it was a close call between them. I think Steve Linton is a guy that is a difference maker. The question comes down to the linebacker position. So you have Josiah Pierre, Jacob Rodriguez, and C.J. Bakersville as our linebackers right now. C.J. Bakersville being the star. Now, remember, just remember this. Bryce Ramirez also played in the linebacker position. He can go there as well. Ben Roberts and Tyreek Matthews are the backups listed on this. Ty Connor, by the way, a redshirt freshman out of Katy, beat my Pflugerville back in, I believe, the 07 state championship. But we'll leave it past that. We'll, we'll give him a pass on that. Ty Connor is the guy that I would really watch right here. Jacob Rodriguez, by the way, started as a quarterback at Virginia. Is a linebacker now. He has athleticism. We saw a good amount of Josiah Pierre. C.J. Bakersfield is a guy that really interests me, by the way. He was at San Diego State last year. He had a good year there, by the way. He was a 6'2 safety who is also 210, probably added some weight. He can plug into that spot that we had Marquise Waters at. And the good thing about him is he isn't just a one-year rental either. He is a junior right now. So he has another year of eligibility, which means he will come back on this line. Now, we talk about our cornerbacks, Rayshad Williams and Malik Dunlap. Rayshad Williams, he had a play against Texas that people forget about where he somehow battled to knock a ball away. He's a... Super senior, he's experienced. Malik Dunlap, much the same, super senior. But the guy behind him, Marion Horn, on this depth chart. And by the way, Braylon Lux, we'll talk about in a second. Marion Horn is a guy that I'm really interested in. He was the top recruiting top recruit in Matt Wells' last class. Remember, he was a Matt Wells recruit, and Joey McGuire retained him. He was out of Oklahoma, didn't see much time last year, but he was a four-star player. He has something there. And then Braylon Lux, this is a guy that we need to talk about. And sure, he's more of a depth piece, but he's out of Fresno State, who had a good season last year. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Last year, he had two interceptions, or sorry, in his time at Fresno State, he had 89 tackles, 2 interceptions, and 11 pass breakups. He started 22 of 27 games as a Bulldog. He's not a guy returning home from Texas. He's from California. But he is a guy with the build that Joey McGuire wants, and he has the speed that Joey McGuire wants. And you know what? If the guys that have been recruiting and offering Will Hammond... While he only had or offers from Incarnate Ward and UTSA, and now after they get him, he has offers from Tennessee and AM. Want this guy? He's a guy I'm not worried about. Then the safeties, you have Dedrion Taylor Demerson, who the rabbit. I don't think there's any worry about that guy. That is an all Big 12 player right there. And then Tyler Owens, who, by the way, he is replacing Reggie Pearson. He 
is not replacing him because Reggie Pearson wanted to seek greener pastures. Tyler Owens is a freak of nature and is replacing Reggie Pearson's because he beat him out. Because when he was healthy in practice, he proved it. Got the start in the bowl game and shined in the bowl game against Ole Miss. This defense should be better this year. And yes, I know that we are losing Tyree Wilson. We also won three straight games without Tyree Wilson. And not to say he wasn't a beast and he's gonna, he's not going to do great things that in Las Vegas for the Raiders because he will. But you have Miles Cole who shined in the bowl game. You add Steve Linton. You have Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, a year more experience. The only thing that concerns me is in the linebacker position. Can Steve Linton step out and play pass defense when he's called upon? Jacob Rodriguez flashed last year, as did Josiah Pierre, as, as did Joseph Adederate. C.J. Bakersfield is proven. He has three years of experience in a college program. Ty Khan is a redshirt freshman. There's a lot of options here for Tim DeRuder to work with. There really is. And I don't. I do not see defense as a weak point on this team. And when I talk, see people talk about how, well, defense was a weak point for Texas Tech last year, I just, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, we had a bad start against OU, but we came out really well. Our defense practically won us the game against Iowa State. Our defense locked it down against Kansas. Our defense kept us in the game against TCU. They're put in bad positions against Baylor, but that defense in the second half against Texas was good other than one final drive. I don't see defense as an issue on this team. I don't think anybody really should. This is going to be a very good football team this year. Right now, they're put at seven and a half wins. You got to hit the over on that. They're put at plus 1,100 for the Big 12 title. If you are a gambler, hammer the over and hammer the Big 12 title. Maybe not hammer the Big 12 title, but put something on the Big 12 title because this team, Texas Tech has never had a better chance to win the Big 12 title than they do this season. And that's going to do it for this podcast. Um, so if you can, uh, go ahead and give this a five-star review. Uh, send the email with a screenshot of that to at, or sorry, jacksonmoody37 at gmail.com. jacksonmoody37 at gmail.com. And we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. And uh, by the way, we are, anyways, I am darn been against Texas NOU this year. I'll give them fair coverage, fair shake. They are not the runaway best teams in the Big 12 like many people think they are. So go ahead and hit a five-star review. And we will be back next week with a full preview of Tech Wyoming. And we will do a preview of the Big 12 title chase. That will come out on Wednesday next week. That will come out on Wednesday next week. We'll give over-unders on every team and break down Wyoming before our opening game and Laramie. We are just less than one week away now from a preview of Texas Tech's opening game of the season and less than two weeks away from a recap of it and a preview of our game against Oregon. So wreck them. We are so close.